What's up, everybody? It's Brick. Welcome to episode 10 of Durags and Stethoscopes. We're in double digits now. What, what? First thing we're going to start off is the medical minute with Lit. He's going to talk about emergency room and urgent care. When do you need to go to the emergency room and when do you just go to urgent care and get it taken care of? Because some people just don't know and they end up going to the ER and wasting a lot of time when you could probably just go to urgent care. And then we're going to move into toughness. Physical toughness, mental toughness. I mean, when does it just become stupidity trying to go too hard? A lot of people want to be like David Goggins for some reason, and that ain't them. And then we go into fights in the workplace. I'm pretty sure you saw the Draymond Green punching Jordan Poole in the face at Gold State basketball practice. We just talk about why people start fighting in the workplace. And I did have some technical difficulties during that period, so... You just got to bear with us, but we did fix it in the second half. And then we finish up talking about flexing. Why do people want to flex? Why do they just want to show off so bad? Cars, clothes, jewelry, all that stuff. Why? But we talk about it. Have a nice little discussion about it. And catch us on your favorite podcasting app. You can catch us on YouTube as well. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. Welcome into another episode of Do Rags and Stethoscopes. As always, I am the Lit MD here with Leno, the Wave God. Seven. Y'all see me spinning this week. You know, yeah. I'm getting back on it. Yes, sir. Make sure you get one of them Wave God Do Rags. And then you know we got our production team with Brick. Shock is on sabbatical right now. Brick, say what's up. Yo, what up? Hey, hey. All right. As y'all know, we got a hot list of topics, some things that we want to touch on. This week, I'm going to jump right into the medical minute because this is something that's been recurring, a recurring theme. And this is something that Brick actually wanted to wanted me to talk about. And I feel like I do need to address. Um, on a serious note, I wanted to talk about um, a couple things. And this is the involvement of urgent care versus emergency departments. And I think that people generalize it to, I need to see a doctor. I need to be seen by somebody. But in my aspect of it and on my side, what I want people to know and educate people on is the difference between outpatient treatment and inpatient treatment, okay? When the term outpatient treatment comes up, that's your primary care doctor. That's your family medicine doctor. That's a doctor that you see once a year for your yearly checkup, as you see when you feel sick, and you can get an appointment with them. Sometimes it takes longer, okay? Inpatient treatment is when you're admitted into a hospital, meaning that you see a doctor in an emergency department and they say, for whatever reason, you need to stay in this hospital and continue to be evaluated, worked up and treated with further management. OK, that's the first part. So. You call up your doctor, say um, either y'all been sick in the last couple of weeks with anything. You don't have to tell me what it is. Y'all had anything. Yes, I have. All right. Not sick. Uh, I had some physical issues. Uh huh. I lift too heavy and that hurts. <laughs> Go too hard. <laughs> Leno, you been sick at all? A little cough. I can't shake. But... Okay. So it's something, if it's something that you feel like you could quote unquote tough it out, right? The first thing that you're going to do is you try to treat it. 
you could go to the pharmacy, the drugstore, you know, you got grandma's remedies, whatever you want to do. And there's no one that ever has an issue with that, right? I don't have an issue with somebody trying to self-treat it. But then the next thing that you can do and the next step, which you should try to do, is you call your primary care doctor. And they always say on those voicemails, if this is an emergency, please hang up and call 911. But the delineation of what an emergency is, I think a lot of people miss. An emergency, shortness of breath, that's your inability to breathe. Severe crushing substernal chest pain. Slurred speech, which would resemble things like a stroke. Hemorrhaging or bleeding from somewhere, you know, loss of consciousness. If you're generally just feeling unwell, though, that's not as much considered an emergency, but you can allow a physician to evaluate that, right? So say that your primary care doctor says that they could see you next week and you feel like you can't wait that long. This is when we then get in the conversation of urgent care versus the ER, okay? Urgent care is not meant for, or urgent care, I'm sorry, is meant for your everyday ailment that you can't get in to see your primary care doctor for, so you can't wait a week, but you don't need to be admitted to the hospital as an inpatient. You're not having a hemorrhage or a bleed. You're not having stroke-like symptoms such as unilateral weakness, ataxia. You know, you get them drunk legs like a couple football players been getting recently. You're not having slurred speech. You're not having the crushing chest pain, those type of things. Then the emergency department comes into play when you have something that you know you can't, one, be have fixed in an office, and two, you feel like it can't wait at all. Maybe it's the middle of the night. If the urgent care is closed, please, by all means, go to the ER because urgent cares, most of them are not 24 hours. But an urgent care is only equipped to handle, handle the minor things that your primary care doctor would treat if you could see them that same day. So when Leno says he got a cough, an urgent care can treat a cough for the most part, but they also may be able to get you some imaging to tell you if it's a pneumonia that you need to be admitted for or if it's a typical viral infection. Okay? Brick. You get some back pain, you get some leg pain, you get some joint pain. And urgent care can make an evaluation of, you know, all right, you might have strained your back and you got something like a lumbago, and we can give you some anti-inflammatories, an injection of a steroid, and you see your primary care versus you have a slip disc or you have cauda equina syndrome or you have cord compression <laughs> with paralysis. Because I've seen both aspects of it. I've seen people come into an urgent care and well, this was in D.C., but somebody was shot and they went to the urgent care. I was like, what do you think we do? <laughs> like, We don't treat that. You got to go to the ER. But I've seen people come to the ER, you know, for a sprained finger. And that's a bill that's going to then, one, be a burden on all of our healthcare system, but two, be a burden on you and your insurance. Because an ER visit usually costs about $800 compared to urgent care. It's like 250 depending on your copay. So my medical minute is to say that you need to be able to self-reflect and self-evaluate and look at what's going on with you before you go straight to the ER or the urgent care, even if you need to look up the distinction or if you have a family member that's a nurse or something. I'll never be mad at somebody for attempting to go to the, to the emergency department because you felt it was too severe. But if it's something minor, if it's a scrape, if it's a bruise, you should be able to be evaluated there. And also going to an urgent care is not a bad thing because they should have someone there that's equipped and uh, has the ability to assess and determine maybe you should go to the emergency department. So let's save the burden on our healthcare system. That's my medical minute today. Thank y'all. So on that note, taking into account how to determine if you need an urgent care visit or an ER visit, that comes down to something that we really wanted to hit on and a topic we've been thinking about a lot is called toughness. All right. Toughness is a general term. I'm going to pass it to my dogs on the podcast to see what toughness means to y'all. I'll give you all a chance to think about it in your heads. To me, 
toughness comes in many ways, many shapes, many forms. But I think toughness is the ability to to overcome, to get through something, whatever it is, whether it is mental toughness, physical toughness. You know, if something's going on, can you overcome it? But sometimes people are too tough. And I think we've been seeing a lot of that, you know, in sports world, hip hop, a lot of that stuff, too. What do y'all think? What's y'all take on toughness? Don't be a bitch. <laughs> well, what does that mean? I mean, it's 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 so many layers to not being a bitch. I mean, break it down most, for me. In the most respectful, disrespectful way possible, it's just a certain level of, I guess you can call it a moral standard. Like there's a certain, you got to have a certain self-respect for yourself, a certain level that you won't go beneath that holds, you know, that says you have some sort of value of yourself that no matter what, there's a level that you're going to get to that you're going to have to do what you're going to have to do in order to not fall below this level. And however you have to go about doing that takes a certain level of toughness in order to persevere and get through, you know, those type of, what do you want to call them, obstacles? That type of um, what's the football word that they use? adversity adversity. So then, are those adversities then self-proclaimed, or like so? Say if it's something that you feel like you could tough out and somebody else can't. How well, do you? I mean, where do you draw the line? I mean, so it's it's all um, it's all it's all subjective. You know, okay. something that's tough for me might not be tough for you, and vice versa. You know what I mean? There's different levels of toughness. There's Different thing, you know, there's different things that you have to be tough about. You have to make tough decisions, go through tough process. Um, you know, pregnancy for women is tough. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's not as tough. That's you know, you what do you what you what could you compare to having to, you know, carry a child for nine months? You know, have a child physically grow inside you for nine months. And you know, there there are things that's just different levels that are tough for different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Brick looking like we can't see you, bro. We can see I know, you. So say something. But you just stopped, like, and then you took a drink. I thought you were gonna continue. You we thought you like was. Pause. I was waiting for it, but I, I thought no, you were I mean, mean, Yeah. I mean, I said what I had to say. Like I was giving. I wasn't trying to. I was just trying to give a uh, how I feel about toughness. I was trying to yeah. give you an avenue to come in and give you a piece <laughs> of lit. Finish I mean, answering the question. That yeah, like, like you staring at us like you tough, brick. You soft. I don't the point. I mean, when the toughness aspect is, like you said, there's multiple layers of it. I mean, the physical toughness. Everybody wants to be physically tough. They have that grit. They have that. I'm so strong. I'm so hard. And then the mental toughness. Like I can survive anything. I can do anything. I mean, in the medical field, like oh, I worked 26 straight hours. I did that and everything. Like, okay, does that make you tough? I mean, you can work 26 straight hours and sit at the desk, or you work 26 straight hours doing this brain surgery. Like, uh, no, it makes you tough to do 26, but that's a whole other story. Like, yeah, but sitting at the desk away. 26 or sit 20, doing a surgery for 26? It don't make a difference if you're awake for 26 hours and you're doing something that involves medical care for somebody. If you're talking about being a clinician and you're awake for 26 hours. But that's why I'm saying, like, you got to make sure you yeah, but I'm your bad. So, you yeah, you so haven't done 24 saying, like, or 26 in any regard. You've done it. So talk about it in the military aspect where you've done no, it. No, but I'm just saying, like, 
that's toughness from some people. Some people are like, yeah, that's tough because I've been up for 72 straight hours after we've been in combat fights and all this other stuff. But mm-hmm. that's for me, it was whatever. Yeah, I know I didn't get to sleep, but you probably don't want to sleep during those moments. So, like, everybody's toughness is different. But that brings so, up my point of drawing the line. Then when you say, like, oh, 26 hours doing brain surgery or 26 hours at the desk, what did they do at the desk? That's what it matters. Like, were you the security guard that that protected the people in the hospital or not? That's what I'm saying is, like, we, we got to look at where is our lane and what is our bag to know what is tough. Just like how when little say don't be a bitch. It's kind of like we had talked about it before when you was talking about rowing. And you're like, it's not a sport. You row for 26 hours. That's tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the that's the point I'm kind of getting. Like, at. But like I said, it's all subjective. You know what I mean? It's something tough for you might not be tough for me. You know yeah. what I mean? And that doesn't make what you did not tough. It just you got ha- you have an opinion that it's not tough to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not this. That's when you start getting into comparing like toughness and stuff. Exactly. Like and it's not. It's no, you're not comparing. So this person is more tough than that person, or this. You can agree with it or not agree with it, but as far as toughness, it's it's all subjective. So it's hard to really measure that and compare it. So then let's break it down, then. All right, because Brick is is bringing up a good point, and you bringing up a good point too, Leno. Like mental toughness, right? I think we can evaluate mental toughness in our line of work, in what it is that we do, and then look at somebody else, like. Like, Brick, you've been to boot camp twice. That's mental toughness in my book. I don't know who would say that that isn't, but there may be, you know, like someone higher ranking that I'm like, oh, I did it three times or something like that. But what would you consider mental toughness in your field? I mean, for the military standpoint, we had David Goggins. Literally, everybody looked oh, at yeah. him. I mean, nuts. and Jocko Willink, David Goggins, they're like, oh, I run 100 miles. I do this. I do that. Uh, I just love to go hard, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so everybody sees that just because my man does Ironmans and everything. But in the same aspect, I tell people who have looked at the stuff that he's done and read it. Because, I mean, I looked at it. I've seen it. I've read his book a couple of times. I understand that. And I push myself to those max, to that max. But also at the same time, I have injured myself to the point where if you're running on fractures in your feet, it's not good. And in the long run, it's going to destroy your body. It literally almost That's physical, him. though. What about mental toughness? Yeah, but at what point? So physically running on broken bone. Yes, that's hard. But pushing yourself to continue to run, that is mental toughness. And it's probably there's something going on up there. Because, yes, I can stop. It's going to hurt. But at what point? You're like, you know, I'm just going to push through it. Because... If I'm at war, yes, I'm going to push through it because I don't want to die. But if it's at just what, like practice, nah, man, I can't stop. What you at, saying, what point, at what point is toughness stupidity? Ah, that's a good point. That is a good point. But I mean, I feel like you won't know that until hindsight. Well, there's some things. So, but you bring up a good point, right? Like, military i've never been you know I, I appreciate the soldiers but like i've never been shot at i can have two broken feet i'm gonna still try to run if i'm being shot at but if i'm in a marathon and i got two broken feet and i'm only 14 miles in and i got another 12.2 to go that's stupid right you can just like just quit i mean it's okay you can stop no like somebody might call you weak but they're just a jackass that's, that's how i would look at it 
No, nah, you can walk the marathon. Don't see. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we talk. That's what we talk about right there. Don't be a bitch. Hey, just because your legs about, is like, broken. Just your legs is broke. And can we talk about how disrespectful the marathon is anyway? Greg Jennings put the whole team on his back with a broke leg. What you you took complain about a broke foot in a marathon? No, but yeah. you know the they created the marathon because of the Greek or Roman soldier. Yeah, he ran, ran the torch twenty six point two miles to Olympia. And then he died. Yeah, and then he so died. Now on the spot. Just does it. And now they're like, we should all do that. <laughs> if your if your standard is like the nigga died. Yeah, the nigga, you just gotta live to do it. That's that's a wild stand. But then you got the littles out in in uh, Greece that was like, "Don't be a bitch." He did it. You could do it. Right, first of all, first of all, don't let Giannis Antetokounmpo fool you. It's not a lot of Lenos running around Greece. I've been to you Greece. I've seen a lot of brother. black people. No. It's a lot of it's a lot of Lenos running around Greece. It's not a lot of Lenos running around Greece. Yeah, no, when we was out there, every time they gave us that look of like, oh, black people, you know, that look of like. Like we've never seen those before or like get them out of here. One of them tried to grab Choice's hair. So it was like, what is this texture? Yeah, shoot. Oh, buddy. We'll talk about toughness. She's about to. <laughs> <laughs> She's about to teach him toughness. That was hilarious. Hey, how you just gonna walk up on somebody and grab their hair like that? I I don't know. Some cultures are like that, bro. So I guess mental toughness and physical toughness go hand in hand, right? Like, I feel like there's a point of physical toughness where, like, if it's life and death, if it's something that's affecting your children, yeah, you gotta have that. But the same point, mental toughness, right? Say like. So, little, you, you work a couple jobs, bro. Say you do 16, 18 hours and you're supposed to pick up bug. The mental toughness is like, I'm going to get my son, right? Brick, you got your boy. You do a 24-hour um, shift to watch watch the Bears or whatever you may be doing, and you get your workout in and you're exhausted, but you know you're supposed to pick up your son. The mental toughness is, I'm going to get my kid. I don't have a child yet, but am I right on that? I mean, yes, you are, but at the same time, how many times we've heard people do 24-hour shifts and crash their car going to pick up their kids. I mean, you was mentally <laughs> tough, but then, according to Leno, you was physically a bitch because you crashed the car. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's one of those things. People try, like, they try hard, but they just ain't built for it. It was like, how many times you play football, and there's that kid who was mentally tough, he was ready, and, like, literally, like, bro, <laughs> I know what <laughs> there's always one. Like, Leno, like, oh, he lining up against me? All right, come on. Like, tap the head. Come on, you you already know. And Coach be like, he got heart. He was like, Coach, he's on scout team for a reason. <laughs> oh, Lord. Always won. Mm-hmm. Always won. So I feel like, yeah, the mental and physical toughness go hand in hand because the physical toughness is going to show quicker. The mental toughness is going to be harder to push through because, I mean, in the neuroscience world, like people still don't know to this day, like every aspect of it, it yeah. changes every day. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh yeah, I can only do this, and then they still like, oh no, actually, you can do this. A part of that, I like that you mentioned that. Um, is like there's like um, neurocognitive remodeling, which is there's a lot of studies that are actually going on with David Goggins about this. Where so, uh, for instance, the perfect example is. 
say you want to you want to train for a marathon, right? The first thing that you do, you don't go out there and run twenty six. First thing you might do is run a mile. You do a mile. mile. Yeah, you 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 do a mile first. Then you go and you do four mile. Like you 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 do a mile for a while. Then you go up to like three. Then you go up to six. Then from six you try to get to eight or twelve. However you may do it, but you build up. That's that part of building that mental toughness and that neurocognitive remodeling. Where when you think about it, and you're like two months into training and you're doing twelve miles every other day as a part of it for you it's like yeah this is still training to get to my goal of 26 but think about the you a few months back that was only doing one mile that's the part where like you've literally trained your brain to work in a different aspect it's just like that with lifting or when when we all play college sports where you know at one point you were lifting like you know 135 and then from 135 to 185 and that you got to 225 and all that yeah you got physically stronger but you also got mentally stronger because you try to walk in and walk under the bar on your first go. We can't all be strong like Brick. Brick is one of the strongest human beings of all time. But you walk in there like I'm a clean 375 and then gonna go like that. You got to build yourself up. I still remember to this day the very first um, day of football camp in college. Not camp. I'm sorry. Of the regular season when we were still lifting just as hard. I was like, oh, we gonna do this in season two. And you know we were doing core workouts and the 300 reps of abs after a lift, and then we were supposed to go run i'm like i thought we got games to play you know but mentally toughness mental toughness i'm sorry four years later when i finished it all i was like man that shit was worthless because we played at such a low level but i'm glad we did it (laughs) damn we did alabama's workouts for so long and we didn't get no uh, Alabama gear. Ain't no that ain't had an ending. I thought it was gonna have it all. <laughs> <laughs> I know because when I, I finished, I'm going on a whole other direction. <laughs> how would you, you see that ending, bro? I don't know, man. Like somebody just said something about Disney. I just seen a Disney movie going off in my head just now. Then that don't just crashed and burned like straight out of a Tarantino flick or something like that. Just everything, everybody died at the end. That was it. And then movie just ended, and that's it. Nah, uh, I, I can't even front with y'all. This is like small side note, but I am glad that I got away with my health. After four years of college football, I really am glad to say that I got out of there without any, like, major, major injuries. Like, yeah, I've had a couple of shoulder surgeries, but that's the worst. I don't have back issues. I don't have severe knee issues. No, no, um, what they call it? No CTE. To be, no reporting. No CTE. No CTE. Hopefully not. I mean. There's only one way to find out, and I'm not trying to. I mean, yeah. Uh, like, it's yeah, autopsy no. proven. We'll figure right. out in the, in the later. <laughs> Whichever one of us on this pod lived the longest, make sure y'all look at my autopsy results. Yeah. That's me basically saying I ain't going to make it. All right. So, th- all right, let's move on to, the, to another type of toughness. And we were talking about this in the group chat. Social toughness. And this is the social media toughness. This is a part that I hate to call them out, but the, I guess they Gen Z, but the younger generation, they got so much social toughness. They be tough talking on the oh, internet. The boomers, too. The boomers, too. Hey, hold on! Yes. Don't don't just talk about the youngest. See, don't be. Nah. See That's now you. See, I said I old. said it wasn't just them. I said it wasn't just them, but I had to call them out. Old, and you're getting old and doing what the old heads did to us, talking about oh, it's just this younger generation. No, I didn't say it's just them. I'm the saying that they're one of the main ones. Look at the shooters. Look no, look at a lot why, of the shooters. That's why I said the boomers too. 
because mm-hmm. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. I'm looking around, looking at jobs, and somebody posts something, and they're the first ones to say something out their mouth talking slick. Like Yo. They got tough talk on LinkedIn? Oh, yes. But the beauty of LinkedIn, the you got to drop the tough LinkedIn. Oh, yeah. They will screenshot it. You think that your offshore account can stand with mine, bucko? Like, what are they saying? (laughs) Why are you holding out on this information if they dropping that type of content in the the LinkedIn? Send me the feed. Oh, it's some good ones because literally I've seen some people say like, hey, I think the student loan debt, something, they say something. And then somebody's like, well, you're just a terrible person if you didn't grow up in the hood. And then like, oh, grow up in the hood, screenshot it. And then you see them post it to the company. Like, this is the type of person that you want working for your company. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, you're a piece of shit. <laughs> they're like, oh, stay in continuous. I can't believe you told my boss. Dog, it, it just goes down a rabbit hole. But I love, Probably. I love watching it. I mean, it does make for good content, but at the same time, some people, these social media warriors, these, as what did Drake say, Twitter fingers? Uh, trigger fingers turn, or what is it, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers? That's what he said. Because Leno was just talking about it. Yeah, I mean, but that's been a thing, been a thing since forever. Talk tough, you know, behind people back and talk tough away from them, and then you walk up on them, you know, you get walked down on Somebody mm. catch you out somewhere, and it's a different energy. It's a different. They get walked down. Yeah, so I mean, is there anybody that's recently been walked down, Leno? I mean, y'all love this infighting, but y'all love to see my teams not doing well. Who's um, your team that was actually infighting? Yeah, so I mean, we we've seen the story. We've seen Golden State. There was a fight that the Golden State Warriors practice here. You know, the season getting ready to jump off. We, we've fight. seen it. We we've seen it. We we've seen the video at this point. She ain't gotta act all dramatic and stuff. We've seen them get Well, that. for the listeners, we've seen them get what that. happened. Please break it down for actually you want me to give the, the non-biased opinion, and then you you break it down. How would you like to I do mean it? it's not biased on what happened. He he walked up <laughs> on him and he caught him with that right hand and he buckled, and that was it. It won't so, much after that. Draymond Green and Jordan Poole got into what some describe as a scuffle in practice. So there were some reports, and this actually came from Draymond as well, that the team was noticing that Jordan Poole's attitude has changed because it's a contract year. He's trying to get big money. Okay? Very good player for the Golden State Warriors. And then a video was leaked where during practice, Draymond Green walks from from just the sideline to the baseline towards Jordan Poole. Something was said. We don't know. I can't read lips. And also was was a pretty grainy video, but something was said. And Draymond Green got almost nose to nose and Jordan Poole pushed him out of his personal space. And then Draymond Green proceeded to return to his personal space with what we would call one hit a quitter. It was more of a straight. It was a straight right. It was a straight right. It was a straight right. And luckily, Jordan Poole's eye socket was able to block the punch. So that's one good thing about this. Jordan Poole collapsed in a sense. And then at that point, this is where Leno seems to be a bit upset that no one jumped in besides Draymond, who followed up to what looked like he was going to pick him up. But no, he was getting on top of him. Then the team came and broke it up. So what do we think about this as a fight in the workplace, gentlemen? It wasn't really much of a fight. It was a, somebody got knocked out in the workplace. <laughs> 
Like, there are fights in the workplace, and then there's what 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 it seemed like they were saying Drayvon did assault when it just looks like one dude just beat up on another dude, and that's one hit put him down. Yeah, hate to see it though. Hate to see it though because now it's gonna be gonna be weird between those guys. You might have could have kept that. You might have if, if that video doesn't get out. You might have could have kept that in the locker room. Now you got the video to go to. I mean, that could be tough. So this is a question for both of y'all, Brick, you're included. Should Jordan Poole run it back legitimately and say, you know, let me shoot the ones one more time, or should he just avoid Draymond altogether? Forget all this making peace because the way he hit him, you got to fight him. But do oh you, no, he got to get his get back. Oh, how do you do it? Yeah, Brick. Break, you can answer that. He's got to get get back, though. Nah, it's you over now. Like, there you go. You, we can hear you. Said it's over now. Like <laughs> you, you had your chance. You talk. It's over, bro. Like now, like since everybody knows the world, if you come back now, you just acting like a bitch. Like since he was talking to Jordan Poole, Draymond gave you the ones. You just gotta like deal with it, my man. It's over for you. Just flex your check. Cause if you retaliate, it's like it's always the second person. Like when they say in football, like it's always the second person to get caught. Chance, it's over. Go ahead before you mess up your money before you get traded. And I'm pretty quote, sure they'll trade you before they trade Draymond. To quote Little, I, so. I respectfully disagree. You gotta get that work back. As a man, you are not about to just drop me on camera. Like that. I mean, like Leno said, he walked him down. Talk shit, get hit. That's what hey, it was. I want to expand yeah. real quick on a talk- on a point that um Brick made talking about we not going to trade Draymond, but we trade Jordan Poole. The more I think about it, the more if the only way we don't get rid of Draymond, the only way we don't trade Draymond is if he takes a pay cut. If he don't take a pay cut, we can't bring him back. We can't bring him back if he don't take a pick up. Period. Is that because he punched him or or why? Yeah. I mean no, well that that really don't have I'm gonna say that doesn't have anything to do with it because it has something to do with it. It has to have something to do it with it. It has he something dropped him. It His has legs gave out. What did uh, what did Doctor Davis call it? Um, gross motor dysfunction. For the next His legs so collapsed. For, so for max, if you max out Draymond, max years, max money, obviously, but max years, you max out Draymond, you max out, or you max out Jordan Poole. You got to max out one or the other. Jordan Poole is probably going to be better for the entirety of that max contract. But he's not tough. Draymond. He proved he's not tough because he got hit. No, because he collapsed after he got hit and didn't swing back. I mean, respectfully, the niggas that got knocked out before. Even Mike Tyson got his ass knocked out one time. <laughs> well, that's a boxer. Not, He's fighting he, a fighter. To this, day, to this day, I'm not walking down on Mike Tyson like I want any problems. Okay, so if Jordan Poole wanted to fight you, would you be, like, completely scared? Or you'd be like, I got this. Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. There's video out there. Like, there's video out there of somebody just getting beat down. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's going to be tough, for sure. It's going to be so tough. So Jordan Poole but, was talking tough in the streets. Everybody going to be like, shut up, nigga, before I get Draymond. Right. Like, that's 
it's tough. It's really, really, it put him in a tough situation because that's going to stick with him. I probably, and he's going to have to do something crazy basketball wise, you know, to get that up off his back. But it's a, it's a great story to run with the defending champs. Fighting yeah. practice. Guy with a contract year fighting a guy that tends to run off some of the better players, you know, that runs off and runs off at the mouth like he's, you know what I'm saying? He's a part of, but he's not the main ingredient why this team is the, you know, the team that they are. Yeah. Well, I mean, in that regard, then. So I, mean, I, like a, no, I ain't going to say it's like A.B. because Draymond is nowhere near the talent or the, no. the value that A.B. was at Pittsburgh. But it's you be, the headache becomes more than your value to the team. Yeah. So then going off that same note, if we're looking at the basketball court for a professional sports team as a workplace, then we got to start to touch on just fighting and aggression in the workplace in general. Like, I don't feel like that, you know, obviously there's a zero tolerance policy, but there has to be a way to get out some aggression and some frustration. Because I feel like plenty of people could be at a point where, like, you really wanted to fight a coworker, But that goes back to having that mental toughness to look at, like, I have a job, I have something to do. But if you had, you know, how do I word it? If you had the opportunity to get into it with a coworker outside of work, say, put some boxing gloves on or get in the ring or something, you think there's some people that you'd be like, yup, 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 check them boxes? I'm gonna be honest with you. I'll never, I'll never really um, say anything bad about or go against two grown men that want to box. I mean, yeah, grown yeah. women either. To be honest, without so adults discriminate, but two consenting adults. Mm-hmm. Another big word there. <laughs> y'all want to box? Then box. I mean, it's you know what I mean. There can only be we all just don't you know you don't have to. Take no lives or nothing like that. But if y'all want to box, everybody's seen a fight before. You know, everybody's seen a wrestling match before. Everybody's seen a boxing match before. I agree, man. That's a way to get away, get out some differences, right? We're like, so even you and I, we talk about like on the field, there are people that could have saw the way we interacted on the football field and thought we hated each other. And you still my my A1, day one, one of my closest friends. But I think that goes to, yeah, because any disputes we had was got out when, Either I had a pass breakup, or I still remember a couple of times where you straight up dunked on me on the field. I'm like, well, took that L, you know. But yeah. the man in me will dust that off and be like, all right, next play. You got to do sometimes. I mean, in this situation, like I'm sure, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure Brick has knocked you out before. You know what I'm saying? So what the hell? <laughs> hell nah, ain't never knocked Brick me out. Ain't never, Brick ain't never gave you a uh, little brother treatment. It wasn't. I didn't get knocked out. <laughs> I mean, there's times before I like grew into adulthood where it was lopsided. I, don't but I know. never I got think, knocked out. Nah, see, I think you're trying to clean it up. Brick might have handled you one time. Bruh. I can't even. I can't even imagine what Joe was putting on, y'all. I can't even imagine what black. That little was shrimp was getting on, beat yeah. down too, bro. Nah, don't even. Don't imagine. even play. Don't even play. With the big dog was on. Shout out, black. Yeah. Oh I'm my sure, god! I'm sure Brick put the pause on you one time. He don't want to. He don't want to speak up for himself right you now. Just, yeah, he ain't I'm on there. You just running off at the mouth because you don't have any brothers, right? Like, I like mean, we scrap. But when I came into like adulthood and I knew I was a grown man, number one, I never backed down for sure. Always ready to run it. Number two, never got knocked out by a sibling. Would never happen. Number three, 
I'm a beast with it, dog. You want to see me? All right, we're going to have to take a break real quick on do-rags and stethoscopes. We're having some technical difficulties with uh, Brick, but he will be back in a moment. I'll be done again, bro. <laughs> All right, we're back. Had a little technical issue. We were able to get that fixed. But Leno was trying to start some stuff. Basically, he was talking about more of a sibling rivalry or sibling toughness. Kind of goes with fight, fights in the workplace, but more fights in the home. So, Leno, what did you ask again? Please say it again. Rick, you ain't never um, been Draymond and Lid ever been Jordan Poole? Hell no. I will say, out of all my siblings, I have beat all of my siblings up. But <laughs> Lit is the only one, like, he, he got some, he's tough. It ain't, it ain't an easy one. Like, he, I never just. <laughs> it ain't like, an easy ass one. Class, just, I have a class with him. Yeah, I got no, a chin no. like Chris Rock. Let's yeah, say he, that. He's got a good. He, he, he can hold his own. Right. But, you know, when it comes to family, like, everybody know when it comes to family, like, I can do it. I can fight my family. But anybody else, yeah. It's war. Yeah. Because I literally beat them like they off the street. Well, at least. I, I mean, we we legitimately no, got into a street fight and almost got arrested <laughs> in that street fight. And then when the cop found out we were brothers, he was like, "What are y'all doing?" <laughs> Only reason he didn't arrest us is because we was brothers. He was like, "I, was about to was say, like I wouldn't arrest y'all either if y'all was brothers." He's like, "Take y'all asses in the house." <laughs> well, I call y'all mama over here. Tell her what y'all doing. I yeah, know, but like, I mean, that's sometimes like people talking because I know my oldest brother. I had to put he has been on him when he when he was playing. He wanted to talk across the table playing spades. Oh lord! Oh Man, my this god! Yeah, <laughs> I remember this one. Thanksgiving it was legit. Thanksgiving. There was no if, ands, or buts, and I was Draymond. It won't know. No, you know what? Even Jordan Poole pushed. He ain't even get a chance to push. I just <laughs> oh, hold up. Well, let me let me be the middleman. He that's because Brick Watch threw the deck of cards at him. He hit him with the cards, so so Joe was confused because all the cards was in the air, and through the deck of cards in the air came a fist. Oh, so you hit him with the 52 fake out. You gave him a cheap shot. <laughs> but he knew it was coming because I, I... Nah, nah, <laughs> you hit him with a, you no, hit no, no, with no. a goddamn smoke grenade and then sniped his ass, you dirty bitch. No. All right, I'm going to be real with you. I don't know the whole... I don't know the whole conversation, but it was something along the line. Oh, I remember it. I'm talking across. I'm talking across the table. And and then we, I was team. I was on the same team as my brother Joe, and Brick was with his now with my brother's uh, ex-wife. So (laughs) I told. Stop talking across the table before I swing on you. And then, and then Joe was talking again, (laughs) and actually Joe broke a rule. He reached for Brick's cars. Like, he actually, like, grabbed his deck. He's like, you talk about me talking so much, and he grabbed his hand. He said, you grab these cards again, I'm going to throw them in your face. He told him what he was going to do. See, Draymond didn't tell Jordan Poole I'm going to punch you. <laughs> Allegedly. But, I mean, it could be assumed if a nigga walk up on you like that, that That's aggression true. is going to follow. That but is I, true. I, 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 please, continue telling the story. He told him what he was going to do. The only crazy part about it is that he then proceeded to do it because <laughs> he talked across the <laughs> table again and he hit him with the cards 
and then threw the smoke grenade, as you said. <laughs> yeah, threw, he threw a, nah, yeah, he popped the smoke grenade with the thermal scope on and took his brother out. I tried, so I came front with you. I I did try to jump on Brick, and but the thing is, I was so confused. I hit both of them. I hit Brick once. I hit Joe once, and then Moms came in, and she was and, pissed. And why was she mad, Brick? So legit, she's mad because her blinds got messed up. Yeah, I am we broke them blinds Joe by his throat. His feet are off of the ground. Like no, no shit. His feet are off of the ground. Two hands around his throat. His feet are dangling. And when she and said, got, look at what you did to my blinds, you froze, still choking him, looking like, yep. I'm sorry. And Lit is over there like mid-swing because he was like, give me rib shots. <laughs> just trying yeah. to break it up. Like, yo, stop, stop. And sure enough, we are like, oh, my bad. And I just dropped him like a bag of potatoes. Just like, my bad. She didn't care at all about that <laughs> fight. But when them blinds broke, oh, buddy, she was pissed. She was ready to throw us out the window when the blinds broke. She said, look at these blinds. <laughs> Ignoring the fact that her son is still, like, actually being choked. Joe's like, ah, ah. She's like, who did this? Ah, ah. <laughs> I was pissed. I was so mad. Oh, shoot. Oh, shoot. That is hilarious. Can't All right. No mental toughness. Okay, fellas. So I think we touched, we touched on that enough. Talk about toughness. People that have mental toughness, physical toughness, people that want to be tough on social media. You know, I will. The last thing I'm going to leave with that is please stop clout chasing all that tough talk. If you can't back it up, because people these days are so quick to pick up a gun. You got to be safe at the end of the day. Like somebody could call me a punk. If you pull out a gun, you can call me a punk, a pussy, a bitch. You can call me whatever you want, but I'm not about to die for nobody. So think about these things. Think it all through. And also, on the other hand, before y'all pick up a gun with somebody, put your dukes up. Whatever happened to that? You really got a beef. As Leno was saying earlier, put some boxing gloves on. You don't have to shoot everybody. That's pitiful because you ruin your own life. You ruin that person's life, the family of that individual. Put the guns down, people. Please. I would agree. Put the guns down. For sure. All right. So we're going to move on to something else that we want to talk about, and that is flexing. Now, I know that the nomenclature may have changed. Some people, what do they call it? They be like, Call it drip, bossing, bossing, flossing, flexing, showing off. It's literally just showing off forever. Showing off, Leno. Any other terms you can think of? I think you pretty much laid it out. So, the reason why I want to talk about this is just the origin of flexing, right? There was a picture that I saw that, um, it wasn't even the picture as much as much as it was the caption, but it was Trump and Mark Zuckerberg, and the caption was. You got two billionaires wearing Lee jeans. Think about that. More money than any musical artist in the world. More money than any hip-hop artist. More money than any professional athlete. And both of them are wearing Lee jeans. I think Zuckerberg had on a Hanes t-shirt. I think they said Trump might have been like a leather jacket. That was like, kind of, you know, a couple racks, like some Tom Ford. But my point is, they didn't proceed to flex. They just, you know, keep getting their money. So why is it that some people flex? What's y'all take on that? Why do some people like to show out everything they can in terms of dripping jewelry? I love it. never I... had any. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Bray. I was going to say, because it's a thing, because people who've never had anything want to show off every time they get something. That's a go big on. deal. Like, I mean, you see it in, like, everybody's career, like, rappers. Like, I'm in the military. 
the number one car that I see in the military, well, the number one cars, I will say, see Camaros, and everybody has to flex. Oh, I got the Camaro. I got a Charger. I got a Challenger. I got the Mustang. It's literally one of those type of flexes because they see it like, I've never had this before, so now I need to show off. Now mm-hmm. I need to get the rent for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I got to do this. Oh, now I got to get the jewelry. Oh, now I got to get the jerseys. I got to get the clothes. I got to do all of that. And it's they've never had it before, so they want to show it off. But they're the same people that would get mad when somebody else was showing off prior to them. Oh, he only flexing like that. So now it's literally just a measuring contest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, no, what's your take? Why people do that? I love and I hate this conversation, bro, because, I mean, when you don't have anything, who doesn't like nice things? Who doesn't like, you know, who doesn't like to be as a confidence that comes with yourself that, that, you know, when you're able to afford nice things and do nice things on a regular basis and a consistent basis and mm-hmm. not be worried about being put in a financial hardship. Um, as far as like jewelry and stuff like that, I mean, like those are nice things. Who? If if you're in the shining and you want to shine, you like shiny things, what's wrong with a diamond chain with your name on it? For real. You know, if if you can afford it, what's, there's nothing wrong with that. There shouldn't be anything intimidating about that in you know in self-confidence. Um you might call it you might call it bragging, you might call it, you know, being a little bit outspoken, but What's wrong with having nice things, particularly when you talk about people that haven't had nice things, don't mm-hmm. come from nice backgrounds, don't come from the best, you know, didn't didn't come up in the best environment, didn't come up with, certainly didn't come up with the, the luxuries that they're able to afford in the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it's nothing wrong with that, and it shouldn't be anything intimidating, or, or people shouldn't be looked down upon because they want nice things. I mean. Lee jeans, I mean, Lee jeans ain't five dollars. They're not giving Lee jeans away for a dollar. You can find a cheaper pair of jeans than Lee jeans in a Hanes t-shirt. Have y'all seen how high a pack of t-shirts are? You gotta go to Ross. <laughs> you gotta go to Ross or Burlington to see if you can find on discount a pack of Hanes t-shirts to get you a decent pack of Hanes t-shirts. You're not going straight to get a pack of Hanes. They high. Yeah, but for like Trump or Zuckerberg, I don't think they high. But I get what you're saying. I mean, but right. But you know what I mean? But that's it's not high for them. But what I'm the the price is the price. The, you yeah, know, it is what mm-hmm. it is on that. Um, well, you said something it, that I like where you said being financially able. Right. I think right. where it becomes a problem is when somebody's not financially able. Like if you got loans or you still have debt, maybe you shouldn't get that ice just yet. Yeah, you know, I mean. Yeah, you then you're talking about being irresponsible, financially yeah. irresponsible. So I mean, yeah, that's, I know that's Brick not, know about that when it comes I mean, to them cars. Yeah, but another thing, like somebody, it's always going to be a comparison. Like you're talking about being financially able. There's always, no matter what career you're in, there's always going to be somebody that's going to compare it to you. Because lit, you're a physician, but I'm a resident. Somebody better than you. Yeah, you're a resident. And then you're going to be an attending, and then they're going to be like, well, there's a surgeon over there. And then it's like, it's literally always a competition, and then they're going to be like, well, that's the chief surgeon. That's the chief medical officer for this. Mm-hmm. And then literally, it's always going to be a competition, no matter what goes on. So that's like when you talk about being financially responsible. Some people, 
Like they could be at the top of their game, but oh well, I'm I'm actually more important. So then that's where the power comes in. I work with a neurosurgeon that drives a Honda CRV. One of the wealthiest doctors in the hospital, and he drives a Honda CRV. I honestly was shocked. Hmm. I think fire though, it's like that Toyota Camry. Ain't nothing gonna happen to that thing. Yeah, I mean it's gonna last. He probably, I mean, not saying that he does, but you know, some people don't place any value in Aston Martin. Yeah, I know a cardiologist that was driving. Um, he drives like a 1980 something Astro van. I was like, oh my gosh. But then I found out that he also owns a plane. I was like, oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, he flexes in the way he wants to flex. Right. And that goes then down to this line of something called helmet syndrome. Y'all ever heard of helmet syndrome? Until you told me. I've heard of it, but I don't really know what it is. So helmet syndrome is something where they talk about it, especially in sports. Like helmet syndrome is supposed to be looking at the comparison of like a professional football player to a professional basketball player where a professional basketball player, obviously they don't wear any pads. You know, they just got jerseys on so they can show all their tattoos, their face, their jewelry, their teeth, their hair, everything that they can show. But then a football player, you know, they're in all their equipment. So you can barely even see their face unless they're on the sideline getting those glam shots. And usually that's the quarterback, right? That's why they make the quarterback put on the team. So I found this article that was mentioning it from Baller Alert where they talked about the biggest complaint of men with money, especially in the NFL, is that they get used by women. They even call women gold diggers and groupies. Some of them say they want a woman to love them for them. If this is the case, why did 90% of the NFL players have helmet syndrome? If you are wealthy, why would you want a girl to know your financial status right away? Wouldn't you want them to see if they liked you for you and not your wallet? Even though NFL players complain about gold diggers and groupies, they do everything to make sure you know they have money. The players go the extra mile to let you know they have money because they are wearing a helmet. And most of them, you would not recognize them in the street. Talking about a lot of NFL players, which which is true. I know several NFL players where, like, if I told you who, you'd be like, who is that? But there's a couple points that they reach on. They reach on 10, but I'm not going to go through all of them, right? But they mention things such as, number one, they roll up their sleeves so you can see their number tatted on their arm. Number two, a chain necklace with a pendant in diamonds of a football number or their football nickname. Number three. When you first meet them, they refer to their boy as a teammate. Such so yeah, me and my teammate are going to the club tonight. Number four, they dap up every player you would recognize, so you will ask them how you know them. That's my old teammate. I play for Kansas City now. And then number five, they overdo it in the club. Champagne bottle to the head, standing on the couches, etc. So the reason why I bring up helmet syndrome is to go about with flexing where I wish I could talk to a lot of these individuals. Like, I haven't had the amount of money that they have. You know, league minimum is what, like 440, y'all? It's something like that, right? 500K? I don't know. Yeah, it's somewhere between it's over 400. I thought it was yeah. 550, but it's somewhere between four and five, like four and six. But we got to get to the point where we can explain to somebody that making $500,000 salary a year is not, you know, being rich. Well, I mean, having a good amount of money. But, and even if it's their first time getting it, what they need is a financial consultant, bro. What are you going to say? I don't know, man. The whole the whole article kind of seems kind of seems different. I mean, I understand the concept. It's one to be seen. You know, the sport of football is not as marketed towards the individual because, as mm-hmm. the article points mm-hmm. out, you know, you're 
wearing a helmet, your face is covered. It's hard to market the individual when you can't hardly, you know, without the number on the back, you wouldn't hardly be able to recognize the individual out on mm-hmm. the football field. Um, I don't know. I mean, some of the stuff, some of the stuff I thought was weird. Like, I know basketball players with their numbers, you know, tatted on them. Basketball, you know, their logo or their number on a necklace. Well, they they flex. Um, they I think is is also mentioning like they really, flex because the they can be is, recognized. The article yeah. itself really attacks like practice squad guys. I feel like in a lot of spots. There's plenty of stars like, that you wouldn't know. I mean, too. I mean, I I disagree because it's only eleven of them. You either hear their name enough, or you're gonna see their face on a. If you're watching a the game, they go. There are eleven the starters. There are twenty-two plus all the special team starters. 11, you wouldn't even recognize half the linemen. I promise 11, you don't know all the starters in the NFL. They were all. I did not know Andrew Wentworth. I didn't know Andrew Wentworth was until he's sitting on the stool. And he was still like two feet taller than me, and I was like, "Yo, who is this dude?" I think I saw Pac Man. I realized all the NFL players, and I was like, "Oh, didn't I know who that, he was." I just we played in the league. I think the average NFL fan can identify six out of eleven starters on either side of the ball of of their football team. Of their football team, but remember, right. there's there's thirty two teams. That's the point I'm making. So there's other players that don't get recognized. So if they're out of their state, right? But that's and I know, and that's a mm-hmm. lot of that's a lot of players. But that's mm-hmm. again, we're talking about low level guys. We're we're not talking about starters. Well, no, I mean Andrew, that, it brings Andrew, in starters. Hold on, say, hold on, hold on, hold on. So think about it like this: like if you take a Green Bay Packer and they go to Miami for a vacation, I don't. You know, if you ain't Rodgers, Aaron Jones, and maybe one of the defensive players, maybe Alan Lazard, somebody I'm like, who are you? What are you going to say, Brick? I was going to say, because uh, Players Association used to do their little thing in Vegas. Lyman walking around, you just know, like, this dude, 315, 330, like, I don't know who is, but I know he's probably... So does something important because mm-hmm. like yeah people know their quarterbacks people know their running backs people know the receivers like you db but the linemen they ain't getting a lot of love especially on all so like the are, sexy positions ones you probably especially if you get the backup line yeah that's true you were kind of cutting in and out hopefully we were able to get all of that but I get I get what you're saying. Brady. I definitely do. You know, I get what you're saying as well, where like it is definitely geared. Like if you're at a lower level, like a practice squad player usually has a bigger chain than a starter. I mean, even but they had less money to get it with. Right. But even besides that, the top guys are the top guys. You're going rec- mm-hmm. to recognize the top guy in the NFL in particular, helmet or no helmet. You know what I mean? Just, it's just because of who they are. An example I could bring up for your team, right? If you would have taken like the 2016, say 2016 Steelers, right? And you bring out A.B., Le'Veon Bell, and Martavis Bryant. I'm going to know who all three of them are. You will know who all three of them are. A lot of people won't recognize Martavis Bryant. You hope they're going to recognize Le'Veon Bell because he's a starter, but they would all know A.B. That's the point I'm making. So then it's like, what would Martavis Bryant do to get the same recognition as A.B.? Get a big ass chain that says Martavis Bryant. I don't know. Maybe get a Steelers helmet or something. You know, like I don't know, but that's the point I'm making. And he was a starter. 
Dolphins got some starters that y'all wouldn't know. Like, well, maybe you wouldn't notice Mike Gusecki just because he's gigantic. But, like, um, Cedric Wilson. Besides his weird-shaped head, you ain't going to know he's a starting receiver for the Dolphins. Anyway. That's, yeah, that's kind of the that's kind of the point though. So I mean, you're not gonna know who these guys are anyway. So, so I don't fault them for that. But I think the point of this is with the flexing and all that is I have no problem with flex. You right? Like I mean, I ain't gonna front with y'all. I'm a flex. Is that Literally. really a flex though? If I'm a professional player, technically, I mean not technically, I'm a professional player, and I get a necklace with my number on. Uh, I don't know, because then it comes down to the definition of flex. I don't have a problem with it, but if you say you have a $450,000 salary and you're wearing a $300,000 chain. I consider that flexing. I mean, that's not flexing. Again, that's stupidity. You, just, <laughs> you yeah. got 400K and you'd have dropped 300 of it on a chain. That's that's stupid. And then uh, who what was it? Uh, that 30 for 30 broke. When was it Andre Risen where he was like, I didn't realize we would get paid in the offseason. Yeah, you get game <laughs> checks, fool. And when you don't play a game, you don't get a check. Like, if you get suspended, you miss a game check, which is your salary divided by what used to be 16 games, now divided by 17 games. So let me see if I can do that math real quick for y'all. Let's take, I don't remember the exact number, but let's call the league minimum $450,000. So you take $450,000 and you divide that by 17 games. You are going to get 17 checks for $26,470. Maybe you could invest that. I don't want to tell y'all what to do with y'all money. Do as you please. Or maybe get the smaller chain. But I'm also saying that to say that the Lit MD chain is coming. Boy, when I become an attending, oh, shoot. I'm going to be that attending physician with the gold fronts, with the with the eight-point princess cut. Mm. Talking about. You won't get a Lit MD chain, but if you do, you better get a shining one. I ain't about to get it, though. You talking about. You already know. All I right. Start, I used to start with the platinum. Got to. Got to. So on that note, fellas, I think we've had a great episode. And let's make sure that we can leave our people with some words of wisdom. Anything that you want to tell them, give them advice on for the week. All right. So I will start. Uh, word of wisdom for this week. I would say. Make sure you know what your body is capable of. If you happen to have any friends that are bodybuilders. Don't jump into a workout with them out of nowhere. <laughs> Don't change up your entire style and your stilo. It will hurt. It will cause pain. It will not benefit you. You can build up to that, like we talked about with, with physical toughness. But don't let your mental toughness allow you to not be able to walk for several days after a workout, please. Y'all got anything y'all want to tell the people? Um, What do I want to tell the people? Oh, um... Looks like Tennessee is opening plus seven and a half. Tennessee plus seven and a half. First who? Alabama. Mm. Mm. Will Bryce Young be back? He will, but I don't think it'll matter at Tennessee. Mm. Okay. Brick, do you have anything? The over. The for sure the over. But plus seven and a half, I like whatever the over is. They'll, what's the, they what's might the score 100 points. As it sits right now. Yeah. Look that no. up. And- They're not. Uh, who is this? Um, FanDuel isn't dropping anything on uh, um, 
over under points yet. They just got a spread plus seven and a half. Uh, minus seven and a half, bam away. For sure. Brick? Uh, I randomly went to the Ole Miss Vanderbilt game. All right. How was it? Have fun. So. It For sucked sure. at first, but it made that 20 point. Uh, it covered the spread. That's all I got to say. That, my, yeah, that minus 16 and a half had me nervous Saturday until that third quarter. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, thanks for that advice. As always, we are Durags and Stethoscopes. I know we were having a few issues with the YouTube, but we're going to have the video available for y'all soon. And check us out always on Twitter and Instagram. Thank y'all for giving us love and always checking in. We out. Hey. Shout out to my sister, Mackenzie. Had her engagement party this weekend. Kenzie, I love you. Oh, love. Mackenzie is engaged? Yeah, you didn't know this? No. Yeah, Kenzie, yeah, Kenzie getting married and everything, bro. Kenzie, oh, shoot. Okay, Kenzie, shout out yeah. to the marriage life. Uh, yeah, shout out. Yeah, shout out Kenzie and Zach. She got a, um. Zach, all right, who is Zach? Who we on? Who, I, ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say her last name.